Welcome to the Women of the West podcast, exploring the trials and bliss of women blazing trails for themselves through the Western way of life. Amanda Dilworth is a PRCA rodeo photographer, ski instructor, and quite possibly one of the happiest women I've encountered recently. In this episode, we talk about how she works for unconditional happiness, her goals with her photography business, and her thoughts for others who are looking to find their passion. I hope after listening to this, you all are as inspired as I am. I love doing this interview and could not have asked for a better first guest. Quick little introduction. I'm Amanda Dilworth with Western Edge Photography. I live in Burley, Idaho. Um, I've been a full-time rodeo photographer for the last uh, just over 10 years. And I went to college at Northwest College in Powell, Wyoming, where I got a degree in rodeo photography. Yeah, and I can say after being your Facebook friend for a couple of days, you were by far the most positive person on my Facebook feed. <laughs> that makes me super happy because I really try to be. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest, it wasn't always like that. Um, about eight or nine years ago, when when I was first starting my business, I was going through some life changes, and you know, things things were a struggle, and it just to me, you know, my mindset back then wasn't where it needed to be. And I needed to go on this journey and grow and go through some of the experiences that I've done the last, you know, eight or nine years to really put me where I am now. And, um, it's, it's pretty incredible. You know, one of my favorite features of Facebook, I'm, I probably am on there way more than I should be, but one of my favorite features is the memories that they have you know, the little memory app where you can go through and see stuff that you did on this day, like however many years ago. And to me, that's huge because it's a very solid reminder of where I've been and how far I've come and how I've grown. Um, like this morning, I shared a post that I put up, I think it was like five years ago. I made the cover of the National High School Rodeo Association magazine, the NHSRA Times. Um, with a picture of Ryder Wright. And uh, to me, that was a huge milestone in my business and in, you know, ev- in everything that I've done. And I was just, it just made me so proud of myself that it's just like, that was huge back then. And I'm still growing and still, you know, getting bigger and better every year. So yeah, I try to, I try to keep the positivity up because I know that as I'm scrolling through my news feed. If I see anything negative, you know, there's that, the hide button and like the unfollow button. And, you know, it's just, I don't want to get sucked into any of that other kind of crap. I like to, to be a, a good positive influence, you know, and I hope, I hope I'm rubbing off on some people and spreading a little bit more positivity. Yeah. And it's hard to see those people in your life that you love, but gosh, they're so negative. It is kind of nice to be able to hit unfollow and. <laughs> You have this focus on conditional, unconditional happiness. And I was kind of wondering, what's your trigger for that? It's hard to get yourself out of that kind of negative mindset or just not, you know, maybe you're not negative, but you're just not happy. What do you use as a trigger to kind of flip that switch in your brain to recognize that happiness? This has been, I've always like in the last couple of years, I really started to practice like the law of the law of attraction. And I watch the secret all the time. If you guys want to look it up, it's on Netflix. Um, thoughts become things, you know, you have control over your mind more than anything. And my mom used to always tell me growing up that I have no control over what people do to me, what people say to me, how, how they act toward me. 
but I do have control about how, like over how I react to them. And if I could just change my attitude, like she used to tell me all the time. So change your attitude, change your attitude. I'd be complaining about something and she'd tell me, change your attitude. And it, as a kid, you know, it doesn't really click until you look back on it later and you're like, man, you know, mom was totally right. Right. You know? And so (laughs) I've kind of developed this practice for myself of really getting in the mindset of just, okay, what do I want? And it's like, I want to be happy. Okay. So how do you be happy? It's like, you decide to be, and that's the biggest thing is like, you just decide to be happy. Like it's a conscious choice that people make. You have two choices. That's part of, um, success through a positive mental attitude. Like you literally have two choices. You could be look at any situation that you're faced with negative or positive. It's like, you know, we roll into an event or something like that. And, uh, say I'm shooting a barrel race or whatever. And there's, there's like 250 girls in the open and you could be like, Oh my gosh, there's 250 girls in the open. What? Or you could be like, heck yeah, check this out. There is 250 girls running in this open race and it's going to be awesome. And that's like, it's just a straight up conscious effort. And you know, the unconditional happiness is just, making a choice to be happy. And I'm, I'll be honest, like it's hard. I've really like struggled with it, but within the last couple weeks, I've been more focused on it because I'm super lucky to have, um, amazing people in my life that really inspire me. One of them is like my massage lady. Yeah. I get, I get regular massages like every three (laughs) weeks or so, just because that's part of like the self love and making yourself happy and taking care of your body is part of that, you know? And she and I are literally on the same page with like the law of attraction and like thoughts become things and how you can create your life by changing your thoughts and your mindset. And she really turned me on to the whole like unconditional happiness. You know, it's like I'm a hundred percent whole by myself where I'm at right now. Anything extra that comes into my life that brings me joy is an added bonus. And that's mostly just because I make the conscious choice to be happy and be fulfilled now. So like yesterday we were talking, you know, you brought up my, my Facebook live. It was my little four minute Facebook live about unconditional happiness. And it was huge because it was probably one of the first days that I've made the con like most days I, I choose, I just choose to be happy. I choose to have a good day, but then, you know, you go throughout your day and there's like outside, um, forces, you know, people are getting after you or like, you know, you stub your toe or something like that. And then it just like throws you off. But yesterday it was straight up just a flat out good day because number one, I got up and I made sure to decide that I was going to be happy and have a good day no matter what. I roll up to Pomerel Mountain where I'm going to, where I know we're going to be swamped because it's Sunday and we're always busy on Sundays. And I'm just like, every lesson I get, I just start saying, I am so grateful for this lesson. And so I guess basically the long way around to answer your question is to, to get in that unconditional happiness mindset. You literally have to just look at the little teeny tiny blessings and the things that you're grateful for every day. So like, um, I don't know if you've noticed on my Facebook, I do like a thank, a thankful challenge in the morning where I put up a couple, uh, inspirational thank you know, gratitude pictures and stuff. Most of those I find on Pinterest, 
But then I also add my own little what I'm thankful for for that day. And then in the evening, right before I go to bed and shut my phone down and everything, I just put up one or two more things that I'm grateful for. You know, it could be the simple fact that I have a blanket on my bed or, you know, I'm grateful for hot showers or I'm grateful for my dogs or, or whatever, you know, and just finding the little joys and the little things in life that bring you joy and make you happy. You can just be grateful for them. And that to me is, is the starting point. Like, you know, they say that, uh, there's every day might not be a good day, but there's something good in every single day. And mm-hmm. to me, that's huge because you can totally, I mean, you might have to look a little harder for something good, but I mean, it could straight up come down to the fact that you have a pillow on your bed or you have a clean glass of water or whatever, you know, but just mm-hmm. find the little joys and start being grateful for them. And that's, what's going to kick you into high gear for your unconditional happiness, because your happiness isn't based on a condition or it's not based on your situation or the person you're with. It's just a conscious choice that you say, you know what? I am blessed and I'm grateful and I'm happy about it. Yeah. I love that. That's definitely something I need to start incorporating. And I love that you can break it down that simply, you know, it it is definitely a conscious choice and a lot of us choose to oversee it instead of putting in the work to (laughs) be happy. So I wanted to ask you, you went to college for rodeo photography, but is that, did you know exactly what you wanted to do? How did you get into photography? This is a great story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so my, my dad was a hobbyist photographer the whole time I was growing up. He was, um, a barber stylist slash, uh, beautician cosmetologist by trade, which he still is. Um, he still cuts hair and he was always a hobbyist photographer, always had, you know, a pretty nice camera and, There was one time, this is like my best, my favorite story ever. It's probably one of my favorite memories too. So I learned to ski when I was about eight years old. And then when I was about 11, um, my dad took me out of school because my little brother's class was going up for a field trip. And my dad was a ski instructor up there at Pomerel Mountain. And it was a Monday and my dad never cut hair on Mondays. So we went up to the ski hill and it was a blizzard. It was literally a blizzard. In fact, it was like that today to the point where you couldn't even see it into the parking lot. I mean, it was just dumping and blowing snow. Um, so we ski all day, freeze our butts off, and then we get back to the truck and my dad wanted to take some pictures of us. So he took some pictures of me and my brother and then my brother took some of me and my dad. And then my dad handed me the camera and I took a couple of um, my dad and my brother. Well, my dad printed those pictures out because this is way before digital. And uh, I looked at that and, you know, my dad's standing there in his Garth Brooks looking cowboy hat with my little brother standing in front of him. And my little brother's like got his tongue all hanging out. My dad's holding a pair of skis like he's, you know, about ready to get on the cover of Powder Magazine or something. And uh, and it just it just hit me that I saw that picture and I was like, man, that's a good picture. Like I took that picture And as soon as I saw it, I remembered every single feeling, emotion, like pretty much every single detail of that day, even though I was only 11 years old. So after that, I was like, you know what? I could do this. Like I could totally do this photography thing. And at first it wasn't, you know, it was just kind of moving throughout my life. Like going, I went to high school and did, did a little bit of high school rodeo, um, my junior and senior year. I wasn't very good at it, but we had a lot of fun which I guess was important. Um, 
But my mom has always been like one of the biggest supporters in my life and anything we've ever wanted to do. She's always been behind us 110%, no matter how crazy it is. So when she knew I wanted to do photography, she started researching schools and found Northwest College in Powell, Wyoming. that still has probably one of the best photography programs in the country right now. Um, it's affordable. They start everybody on the ground level. So um, it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, 10 years experience as a photographer or five minutes. You know, if you want to do it, they're there to help you and and put you where you need to be to build your skills and your and your own unique um, style. So the rodeo photography end of it kind of found me. Um, I've always loved rodeo just because I grew up in a small town where we always had PRCAs and and we'd always go to the rodeo every August. and. And so when I did high school rodeo, that just kind of made me fall in love with it even more. And then when I was in college, one of my professors knew that I had a strong interest in the rodeo photography and introduced me to another female rodeo photographer that lived kind of locally there outside of Powell, Wyoming. And that was just that was kind of the kickoff point. This was probably about 14 years ago, 15 years ago now. That, that happened. I started Western Edge Photography in 2018, or no, sorry, excuse me, 2008. Um, just by seeing that there was like a little bit of a demand for the rodeo photography in the area. Cause see, when I was in college, I always figured I'd go into portraits. Um, mm-hmm. but that's kind of backed, that's kind of taken the back burner a little bit. I do get, the occasional rodeo family that'll call me up to do like family portraits or senior portraits and stuff, which I totally love to do that because I've already built that foundation and that relationship with them inside the rodeo arena, like seeing them perform, like compete. And then just to be able to capture another milestone in their life, like a senior graduating is just kind of a cherry on top of the Sunday that, that makes me love my job even more. So that's one of the best things is, you know, I started doing some high school rodeos here locally, and then it's just kind of branched out. I've I've kind of built a, a little bit of a reputation in Utah, and I've gone to Wyoming a few times, and um, I've started to break into Nevada a little bit. And it's just, it's really cool because you can see these high school kids, some of them, you know, as freshmen, and you can watch them graduate and just to see like the progression and see how much they've grown and you know it's it's pretty rewarding I like to call my high school rodeo kids you know they're like kind of my kids and I'll see like rodeo moms that I've got you know a good relationship with that are more like friends than clients which which I'm super grateful for too because they just they share their kids with me and when when their kids are winning and everybody's excited, I'm excited, you know, and when, you know, their kid goes out and ropes one out and tries to do their best and it doesn't really work out for them, it just, it breaks your heart even more, you know, because it's just like, I kind of get attached to them. So (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite event to photograph? Yes. So I used to hate team roping. It was one of the hardest events I used, I, I could ever take pictures of because I could never figure it out. And then um, I've been lucky, lucky enough to have Dave Jennings out of uh, Texas with Jennings Rodeo Photography as one of my mentors. I've been working with the Jennings for the last 
about six years or so, and he really helped me figure out the team roping stuff. So now I love to shoot team ropings. <laughs> um, but I also, I also really love to shoot barrel races just because, um, I get booked to do a lot of like the barrel racing fraternities in Utah. Um, and just like, to me, just watching a, you know, a cowgirl come out and just like smoke out a run is just like, there's been times where I'll get chills, like watching them, you know, or it's like, I guess I'm not even really watching, but I'm shooting them. I'm taking pictures of them. And it's like, they come out and like, I nail the shot and they nail the perfect, you know, perfect run. And it's like super fast. And it just like, especially if it's somebody that, that I know, you know, it just makes it that much more fun. But I, I do love team roping and barrel racing. Um, the rough stock events are pretty fun. I don't get to do them as much unless I'm at like a regular rodeo, but I, I will say this. I think calf roping is probably my least favorite. And mostly just because I've struggled with the timing with it, but I was lucky to go and do an open calf roping in like a junior NFR qualifier, uh, last May in Spanish Fork. And that's all we did was, was calf roping and breakaway roping. So that helped me with my timing in the calf roping a lot. So I was, I was glad for that opportunity for sure. So I think we forget that the pros have to practice too. You know, <laughs> you've been exactly. a photographer for that long and you still have to go practice at it to get those correct shots. That's awesome. And you just recently got approved for your PRCA card, correct? Yes. Yep. And that was, that was definitely an adventure and a, and a process that, that I wasn't sure was going to happen, but I was lucky enough to get the letter, I think last November. And, uh, so now it's just, I just have to get my card purchased and start booking some rodeos. I've already got a couple PRCAs lined out for this year. One of which is my hometown PRCA here in Burley. Um, they awesome. wanted me to take, yeah, they wanted me to take pictures for them for a few years and I never really could just because I, I didn't have a permit or anything like that. So now I've, I was on my permit for, for two years and that's like a process and, you know, the PRCA to me, once you're approved to shoot for the PRCA, you're literally one of the best in the business is how I feel. Because, you know, you look at the rodeo cowboys and cowgirls that run in the PRCA and you know that they, they put in the work to get there. And so that means that they're literally the best in the business. And I've, I've been pretty lucky. What are some of your goals? For your business looking forward, I don't, I'm not going to give you a timeline, but as you look to the future, what do you want your business to look like and how are you going to get there? Dude, that's such a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, ultimately it used to be back in the day when I had a little bit more lack mentality and negative mindset, just surviving, um, making sure I had enough money to keep going down the road. Like I used to think to myself or tell myself, okay, if I can just make enough money to get to the next one, like it'll all work out or whatever. And now, now I can, I conscious, I consciously like decide that everything's going to go great and everything's always going to work out. And it always does. So some of my goals <laughs> now, um, mostly are just to, to, book my book out the PRCAs that I need to make me NFR eligible, which means so the PRCA has like a list of requirements that you need to meet um, in order to be considered to be a 
a photographer at the national finals in Vegas. Um, so, you know, my goal is to, to get the, the required amount of rodeos, which is, uh, I think it's eight rodeos. And then they say it's 20 performances. So if you book a rodeo, that's like a one day rodeo, that's only, that only counts as one performance. So you can book out like, say a five day rodeo. So that's one rodeo. And then you can book and then you have like those five performances count as, you know, the 20 per toward the 20 perfs that you need. And then, um, get published in, in the PSN, which is the pro sports news that the, the PRCA puts out. That's another huge goal. Um, every year at the beginning of the year, I sit down with my planner and I sit down and I look at last year's planner and I look at this year's planner and I start checking off which events I've booked that I want. Um, I start writing down stuff that I want events that I want. Um, I would love the opportunity to do the WPRA uh, finals in Texas, like the national finals for the women's pro rodeo association. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. that's on the list of what I want. Um, essentially I hope to have the NFR within the next two to four years. And, you know, that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of trucking down the road. Cause you know, it's anything, you know, they say anything worth having not going to get, you're not going to get it easy. And the NFR is like the best of the best and the biggest rodeo in the world. So, you know, it's not going to be easy to get that, but, um, it's not, it's not unattainable is how, how I feel. Like at one point I thought, man, you know, I'll be lucky to get, you know, whatever, you know, just be able to survive. But now it's like, no, you know what? Life Life is meant to be huge and joyful and abundant and you can have anything you want, including the biggest rodeo in the, in the world. You know, you can be a, an official photographer there. So, um, see, what else are some of my goals? I do have, I have a, a long-term contract with the Utah State High School Rodeo Association to do their state finals every year. I'd love to continue that. Like after that contract runs out, I would, I would not be upset at all if they, if they renewed it for a few more years, just because I love, I love my Utah high school rodeo family. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's some of like, that's probably some of the biggest things that I've done, um, or that I've, you know, goals that I've written down. Um, personally, I just feel like if I can continue to contribute to the rodeo world, to my, the best of my ability, you know, by sharing my talents and my gifts, then, then that's all that matters. You know, you look at, I don't know if you heard, like you saw like Mason Lowe when he, when he was killed last week in a bull riding Mm -hmm. accident, you know? So the photographer that was there in Denver is one of my good friends and mentors, Greg Westfall. And it just, it blows my mind how, how blessed we are to be able to do this kind of work to where we capture once in a lifetime moments that, you know, you never like people will never have those again. You know, you might run the same, you might run the same horse, but it's going to be a different event. It's going to be a different run every time you could run a 16, five one day and then a 17 the next day. And, you know, you never know your horse might end up colicking or something. And it, I've lost count of how many times um, I've had parents call me and say, you know, we had to put a horse down and you were the last one to take pictures of them. 
which is another reason why I never get rid of anything. But I just feel like the ultimate goal would to be just to be able to still do this when I'm like Greg Westfall's age, you know, the dude's, I think he's in his sixties and he's, I mean, still going good. And he's like literally one of the best in the business. And, um, there's another photographer outside of Utah or in Utah named Jim Fain that's been doing it for longer than that. He's been doing it for 40 years or more and he's early seventies, maybe, I don't even know, but he's, I mean, he's an icon in our industry as well. So, I mean, if I could still keep going and still be going down the road, you know, when I'm in my sixties or seventies, then that to me is the ultimate goal. And that's the ultimate, like, yeah, that's the win right there. That's one reason why I just absolutely love what I do. And I love being able to, to do it, you know, and it's, it's weird because my, I've had people tell me my work has changed completely in the last two years and they want to know what I'm doing differently. And, and I just, I have one rodeo mom that, that she asked me, she's like, what are you doing different? It's just so, it's, everything's just so alive in your, in your pictures lately. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just grateful for every time I be, I'm able to click the shutter and I'm, I'm a hundred percent focused on what I'm doing right there in that moment. And if I can stay focused and stay grateful and, and just put every, like, I feel like I put part of my soul into my images. I know that sounds pretty cheesy, but you know, if I'm a hundred percent into it and not focused on anything else, like in my head or, you know, I can't, it's, I can't worry about what's going on at the booth. You know, I have to be a hundred percent right there and just fill that frame to the best of my ability and just you know, focus on nailing that shot beautifully. It's just, it's just nothing like it. I mean, there's been times where, where I even blow my own mind, you know, I'll be looking through pictures and I'll be like, holy crap, did I really just take that picture? Like who did that? Like that wasn't me, (laughs) you know, but it really was because I'm like, I'm in it. So like, I'm so focused on it that it just, it, it can't be anything but amazing when you, when you put a piece of, of how you feel into it. So I don't know if that makes sense or maybe that's super cheesy, but it's just get me all excited. Now I want to go shoot a rodeo before I can go shoot a rodeo. <laughs> no, and I love that you can recognize that. I know so many of my friends who are artists or photographers or, you know, and they don't recognize their own work. They kind of brush it off. So I love to hear that you're, you know, willing to affirm to yourself, wow, I really did that. Cause a lot of people yeah. don't have that, you know, that insight to say to themselves, good job. You know, it's okay to tell yourself good job once in a while. Oh, see. And I love that you said that because honestly, that's another thing is like, we are literally our own worst critics from what we wear, like to how we put like do our hair to looking at ourselves in the mirror saying, you know, like what's up with that nose or somebody needs to go get their eyebrows done or whatever. It's like, no unconditional love goes along with the unconditional happiness you got to love yourself unconditionally and recognize your talent that you know what like you slayed the crap out of that like there's been so many times where I'll come out of a rodeo and I'll just be like bam I just won the crap out of that day because I just slayed it you know and it's like you have to you literally have to be like I didn't miss a single contestant every got everybody got a money shot you know I got a good candid or you know it's just like you have to tell yourself you know, great job. You slayed it today. And, you know, I just, I love that you brought that up because 
there'll be times where I'll be standing there taking pictures and I'm like so focused on it. Or if I get distracted even just a little bit to where I miss the money shot by like a fraction of the second, like I know that I missed it, but I don't think mom's going to know because I'm, I'm not close to, you know, having my timing right there. But if I miss it by that much, I'll start be like, geez, get your head out of your freaking behind Dilworth and like start working and focus on what you're doing and pay attention. And <laughs> I can't believe you missed that. Like there've been so many times where I'll get after myself like that. It's like easy, easy, you know, and then I'll come back to the booth and the girls will have pictures sorted and parents will be sitting there looking at them and they're gushing over the pictures. And then I'm like, okay, we're good. We're good. Like people are loving them. Like just chill out. Like you're doing a good job. You know, you have to give yourself you know, pep talks every now and then. It's not crazy. It's called loving yourself enough to know that you're human. So Really, as long as you act like you don't skip a beat, no one notices that you skipped a beat. <laughs> That's so um, true. That's totally true. I recently reached out to a saddle maker on Instagram that I follow, and they just do beautiful, like, swivel knife work. And, you know, he can just do it with his eyes closed. And I said, oh, my gosh, love your work. Makes it so inspiring for someone like me who's still working on it. And they said, we're still selling our mistakes 15 years later. Nobody knows you made a mistake. You know, Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. That's, that's the best so, part is like the only person that's going to know if the white balance is off in the picture is me like 90% of the mm -hmm. time, you know, unless they have, unless they can see it. But, but for me, it's just like, you got, you got to be gentle with yourself and you got to forgive yourself because we're all human and we all make mistakes. But at the same time, understand that, that this is where you are and keep growing and keep moving forward and keep building, you know, on, on that step that you're taking right then, you know? So, I mean, like one of my Facebook memories popped up the other day, I think it was like five or six years ago. I submitted a, a bid to the Utah State High School Rodeo Association for the first time and obviously I didn't get it, but there's a reason I didn't get it because I wasn't ready for it yet. If I had gotten it like five or six years ago, who knows? I could have totally messed it up big time, but I needed that time to grow between those bids to be able to like perfect my, my craft and my talent. You know, luckily I've got awesome mentors to help me like Dave Jennings and Greg Westfall and, you know, guys like that. And it's fun to be able to take what they teach me and make it my own and put my own little special twist on it and just keep moving forward. And I hope to someday maybe try to return the favor and pay it forward to, you know, people that are looking to maybe try to grow their own talent, you know, and I try, I try, if they ask, you know, I'll try to help them as much as I can, but it's kind of hard to help somebody when I'm trying to shoot in the middle of a rodeo, like, which has happened before. It's like, Hey, I've got like something going on with my camera. I was like, I'd love to help you, but I'm sorry. I'm a little busy right now. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, you want to talk about finding your passion. Do you have any advice for people looking for their passion? Maybe not photography specifically, but anything oh, else? This gives me chills because it's like one of my favorite things ever to talk about. Um, so I feel like everybody's journey is their own. And, you know, so in the wintertime, I'm a ski instructor and I've been up there about five to six days a week, sometimes seven, sometimes 10. Sometimes I don't, I don't even know because the days just run together, but we've got like 
a few hand, like a handful or so of new instructors that are high school rodeo kids and or not high school rodeo kids. Sorry. Just like regular standard, like high school kids. And I tell them all the time, if there's one thing that I can teach you is to just go out and do what you love, find what moves you, find what makes you tick, find what makes you excited and do that. And I tell them, go out, excuse me, and be dumb, like go do stuff. Like, you know, if I hadn't had times to, to go out and like make mistakes and to figure out who I was from the time I was in college until the time I started my business, you know, who knows where I'd be. And just know that there's no time frame for anybody. Like, you know, just because people say that you need to have, you know, your degree by 20 and you need to be married by 25 and you start having kids by 30 and da da da. No, to me, that's dumb. That's so dumb because <laughs> number one, there, <laughs> there's plenty of stuff to do for everybody and there's plenty to go around and I honestly feel like if it doesn't make you happy, why do it? What's the point? Like, there's no amount of money in the world that's going to bring you happiness. There's no amount of success in the world that's going to bring you happiness. The thing that's going to make you happiest is number one, doing what you love. You know, okay, so maybe number two, doing what you love. Number one, deciding to be happy, but number two, doing (laughs) what you love. Like, if you, if you love what you do, they say you never work a day in your life. And it's totally true. Like, I work. 10 times harder at my own business than I probably ever did working at like a gas station or working, you know, a nine to five job or whatever. And I always knew that those, that's not what I was supposed to do. Like that didn't fulfill me. That didn't like fill me up. That didn't make me want to jump out of bed every day. In fact, it was the complete opposite, you know? And, uh, you follow people like, you know, Tony Robbins or like, um, Grant Cardone or any of those like motivational guys. They talk about how, you know, they, they basically change their mind from like doing the nine to five job. You'd be like, okay, be grateful for the job, but know that there's bigger things coming and that you can keep moving forward and, and stuff like that. So there's things you have to do. I get that. You know, I understand that there's responsibilities and there's bills you have to pay and things like that. I totally get that. That's part of life. But at the same time, you can do what you love and know that everything's going to work out and know that the money is going to come and that, you know, things are going to happen and you got to keep the faith, believe in yourself, you know, all those motivational cliches or whatever. They're totally true. Like people roll their eyes at me every time I start talking about stuff like this. And it's just like, try it, you know, but find what makes you happy. Like, you know, um, I had a conversation with, um, one of my ski moms today on the chairlift and we were talking about how everybody feels like there's a timeline. Like you have to be doing something by a certain time. Like you have to have so many kids by a certain time. No, you don't. You really don't. I mean, I will proudly admit that I am a 36 year old single woman with two dogs. You know, I don't have to have kids <laughs> if I don't want to. And because and d- like, does the simple fact that I don't have kids make my less life any less fulfilling than a mom that has kids? No, because that's not my path. Like that's her path. If she decided that that's what she wants and that's what makes her, you know, have a full life or fills her up or makes her happy, then more power to her, you know? Um, and I don't judge her for that. Like 
I've got friends on my Facebook that, you know, have like multiple kids. And it's like, good on you, man. It's like, you can hang with five or six kids, have at it, you know, and you're doing an awesome job. And I'm sure, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, which obviously it's not. But at the same time, it's like, good for you. Everybody needs to have their own journey, their own path, their own destination. And that's the thing is like, as you go, everything changes. Like, I'm a completely different person now than I was like four or five years ago, which is awesome because you look back and you're like, man, I'm glad I'm not that person anymore. Because if you keep growing and evolving and developing, you know, your talents, your strengths and the things that make you happy and you start focusing a lot more on yourself and what you need, then your whole life is just going to fall right into place. They say self-love is the highest form of love you could possibly ever find because, you know, and it's taken me a long time and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it that I am, I haven't loved myself for a long time. I've very been very critical. You know, I thought I needed to do things to make other people happy. I put myself out there. I've been vulnerable. I've done things that, you know, I thought were meant for me and they really weren't. And it's like, okay, so it's not that I made a mistake, but it's like, what did I learn from it? You know, and so now it's like start you need to start focusing on yourself and what you need. And I like to feel like self-love is not selfish at all. Like to me, self-love is necessary. Like you have to take care of yourself. If you need a day to just veg and Netflix and chill with your dogs all day, then take it. Do it because you'll be a hundred percent better the next day, I promise. Like it's true, it's totally true. You know, don't feel guilty. And this is another thing I hope that people can really learn. Don't feel guilty for taking a day for yourself or doing what you need to fill yourself up. Like, I don't feel guilty about doing, you know, massages every three weeks. I don't feel guilty about getting my nails done every two weeks because to me, that makes me happy. It fills me up, brings me joy, and I deserve it. You know, I work hard. I can afford it. You know, why not? I used to say, if, well, I still say it sometimes, but if, if I'm not happy, it's not worth it. You know, um, Mm -hmm. we've all been in relationships and we've all been, you know, in jobs and stuff like that, that, that have basically robbed us of our happiness. And it's like, you know what, if I'm not happy and I'm not, you know, fulfilled or in in any way, then it's not worth it to me. And I'm not, I'm going to move on. Um, and here's the thing, nobody can make you do anything that you don't want to do. Like you literally have a choice. Like you, they can put you, in a position where you have to make a choice. And if it's something that you're not comfortable with or something that doesn't serve you for your good, for your highest good or push you to be better, then you don't have to do it. You know, don't, don't try to be guilted into anything that you don't want to do, you know? And that's, that took me a long time. You know, I, I used to get super down because it was like, if I was make if I said no to somebody, I knew that I was probably going to make them upset And now it's just like, you know what, that's, that's their problem. You know, if anybody has a problem with me, it's their problem. I'm going to, I'm going to protect my, my energy and I'm going to protect myself and my happiness to the best of my ability. And if whatever they want me to do is not going to push me forward to my goals or, or fulfill me in a positive, enlightening way, then I'm not going to do it. You know, it's just, you have to protect yourself and you have to protect your energy And you have to keep focusing on what you need to grow. 
That's so true. Absolutely. Preach it. Preach it. (laughs) (laughs) We are all over the board today, and this has been a blast. I'm so excited that you got to do this. And thank you so much for doing this interview. I'm so excited to share this. You know, like I said, I'm all about stuff like this. Thank you again to Amanda Dilworth for doing this interview. I'll post links, but you can find her on Facebook and Instagram at Western Edge Photography. Can't wait to share the next one with you guys. Thanks for listening.